everything that we do is a collection of our own politics, our own thoughts. You are the political body. These body politics. I think all dance is political. We can't really escape that. I am quote unquote just a dancer. I was angry and I learned to harness my anger. And that's what art is. Provoke action, thought, and a drive toward change. That's kind of our role is to put the audience in a place where they have to think and they have to acknowledge. These body politics. Acknowledge the political body. Acknowledge the body politic. Welcome back to Body Politic, the podcast at the intersection of performing arts and political activism. I'm your host, Courtney Coligato, and this is episode three, a conversation with Ashley McQueen, New York City-based performer, choreographer, and artistic director of Smashworks Dance. When I first thought of Body Politic, the podcast, Ashley was the artist I had in mind to interview. So I'm so thrilled to have her on the show. And without further ado, here she is. Enjoy. This is Body Politic, and our guest on this episode is Ashley McQueen, Artistic Director of Smashworks Dance from New York City, originally from Alabama. Yeah. Yes. And she is a true artist activist, so I'd love just to let Ashley tell us a little bit about where she is right now, what she's been doing this weekend at RadFest, which is pretty cool, and then um, just kind of find out how she got the cojones to make the work that she does essentially. So Ashley, take it away. Yeah. Um, you know, so I just spent the weekend, um, representing my thesis or an excerpt from my thesis, um, at the regional Alter alternative dance festival, Rad Fest in Kalamazoo. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's one of those, I, I was trained in Alabama, bunhead 20 years, um, <laughs> Uh, you know, that was sort of my my idea of what dance was. And it took, you know, it took many years of um, having this idea of what dance should be and then realizing it didn't fit, um, at least for me. And so I, um, you know, it took starting Hollands, honestly, to really open my mind as to what what dance can do for the community outside of just this proscenium setting. Um, and so, you know, as far as political work, um, you know, I've always, I think all dance is political. We can't really escape that. But for me, at least, you know, I was in New York, I'd had, I think it was my first summer of Hollands and I'd come home and I was asked to do this show called On One Condition and it was a choreographic buffet. So basically we could create whatever we wanted. They had six or seven choreographers and you just had to incorporate a toilet plunger. Um, so, you know, it was shortly after the first uh, Trump's presidential election and um, you know, we had this toilet plunger. I was like, God, what am I going to do? And, you know, and so I had this vision on the train of, you know, classical music or something and just Trump's words, Trump's voice overlaid and just this plunger. And so, you know, this idea of this kind of dance satire was born from that. Um, so I created this little five minute solo and, you know, I found such a power and such a control over something that I felt that I, you know, the world had lost control over. Um, so for me, that was sort of my first taste of literal political dance. Um, and I was really had the time to experiment with what the possibilities were with that. Um, so I took that piece, expanded it my second summer of Hollands, adding in projection and, you know, these different elements and um, turned it into an evening length political satire show, um, which is where I really got to dive in and add in more research. And, you know, Hollands really gave me the tools to expand on that. Um, and then, you know, 
a year later, it's thesis time. <laughs> um, and that was, you know, I, I, again, I was trained in ballet. I had this, this strength and this discipline that that gave me, but at the same time, it, it made me feel almost kind of helpless sometimes, um, or powerless, you know, you're strong and you know it, but there's still this, I just, I was, you know, I had a lot of fear just to put it that way. I had a lot of fear, um, in being wrong or in, you know, doing something that wasn't what was supposed to be. And so I really think that between Holland's, between, you know, um, this election, between these new experiences and satire, um, and also moving to New York at the same time, um, having a lot of, you know, new experiences with that. Um, it really just, it pushed me and I was angry and I learned to harness my anger in a productive way. Um, and so, you know, my thesis was a lot of research on, um, you know, politics of appearance, the waves of feminism, um, you know, different feminist theories. And my mind was really opened um, to a lot of to new ways that I could express myself and, you know, push, push boundaries. So I don't know, that's kind of, you know, that was how my, my thesis was born from all these different little mini experiences. And I'm still, I'm still growing my, my cojones. Um, you know, it's still, you, you reperform these works like this weekend, I reperform this work and it's, you know, an entirely new audience and you're topless and you're giving this random stranger a 20 foot flag leash around your neck. And, you know, it's, it's very vulnerable and it's scary. Um, but it's also, it makes people really think, and it puts a whole new, you know, room of people in a situation where they have to they're they're shoved this is shoved in their face and they can't ignore it and they can't not talk about it and so I think in the end long essay short um you know that's kind of our role is to put the audience in a place where they have to think and they have to acknowledge and they have to talk about it um and I think that's how we can incite some form of change in the world you know and we can't control how people respond but we can just give them a platform to respond I love the essay I feel like for context, I should note that Ashley and I intersected at Holland's University in the master's program there. She finished her third summer and final last year during my first. And her thesis was this really powerful solo of her basically nude in front of not strangers. We knew each other pretty well, but then covering herself in red and blue paint and and the colors of the American flag took on a whole new meaning when it looks like smeared blood. Just the imagery is, is so intoxicating. I, I guess is no better word. It was jaw dropping. And it definitely inspired a whole lot of conversation amongst the students in, in good ways. And then I saw Ashley's company Smashworks in St. Louis perform the full evening length work of For Which It Stands, which is also amazing. I know amazing is a really kind of hyperbolic word, but it's powerful. The athleticism, the choreography is so crisp and so clean, yet seemingly so off the cuff at the same time. And it is satirical, but it's powerful. And it, I had so many emotions just watching your piece. And I was just like, how do you how do you create such a fearless piece, especially coming to the Midwest where the climate isn't as friendly towards us damn liberals as yeah. as it is towards people who, who either stay quiet and stay complacent or just kind of wait it out or actually full on support the president or actions that he encourages. I mean, how does that feel to walk into a place where you know you're a minority one as as a female and then into a brand new audience full of strangers completely literally exposing yourself physically but also then emotionally with this super politically charged work I mean how do audiences receive that work 
Um, you know, I mean, it, I guess every audience is different. Um, and, you know, I only, I only know what I experience, you know, during the performance, I can feel their energy. I can feel when someone is, is pulling back. Um, especially like in the St. Louis show, it was such an intimate performance space. And I mean, even, even the one at Radfest, you know, it's a larger theater, but I still, it's still kind of a black box ish space. Um, and I'm very, very much in tune with, I can kind of sense when people are, are nervous and, you know, or really into it. Um, and again, that's just my, my, my perception of it, but, you know, I mean, it's, um, at the time it feels, it's like, I don't, I have this sense of, you know, this is what I have to say and this is all I can give you. You know, I can't make you happy. Um, I can only share what I know and what I have to share. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a very liberating experience. Um, and, you know, and then to be honest, like the next day, there's always that kind of like remorse, like, oh, not remorseful, but kind of like, oh, I did that. <laughs> you know, there's no, there's, <laughs> yeah. no, there's no going back. And it's kind of like, wow, that was, you know, it, it's kind of like you're on this weird adrenaline high. And, um, and then the next day, it's kind of like, well, <laughs> you know, I don't have regrets, but it's, it is a little, it's just a vulnerable experience. Um, and every time I do that, that piece, I feel it, you know, so it's just, I think that you just, but then at the same time, it's like, I wouldn't do anything differently. I wouldn't say anything else. So it's just being, being in tune and self-empowered and just holding to that, no matter what doubts might creep in as it always does for us humans. <laughs> us artists in particular. So how do you find venues for this work? I mean, do you submit videos or the discussions or do you tend to find venues that are politically aligned with you or would it be interesting to you to find a venue or a town where you know there'd be pushback is that a goal of yours are you kind of trying just to broaden your base of support rather than educate or try to flip some people into seeing it from a different perspective which I know would be a wonderful goal but I don't know how open Americans are right now to that type of transition yeah, and I, I think that's the real question. We've had a lot of talk about, you know, how can we share this work with with a broader audience? You know, it's one of those, like, how much change can we make if we're just saying the same message to people who agree with us, you know? Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, it's like, how would, you know, a very conservative Trump supporter, you know, them watching the show, it's not going to change their mind. It's most likely, again, assumptions here most likely just going to piss them off right um, so it is sort of that you know there is that that question I'm still grappling with that as to you know how can how can I reach another audience without alienating them from the beginning you know and so we've we've done you know like Radfest we've applied to a couple different festivals um St. Louis the venue that we performed at was a, a venue I'd performed at before when I was living in the city um and so I knew Tom Brady the guy in charge and um, you know, we knew the space. And so it was one of those we tried to try to reach out as much as we could. And Tom did as well to, you know, just random people in the community, trying to get a more, a more diverse audience experience. But then it's, you know, you see the summary of what the work is, and the people are going to flock to that if they pretty much if they agree with it. Um, so that's, that's definitely something I'm trying to figure out and trying to trying to find an answer to. <laughs> I mean, it's a hard one to answer because you don't know until you try, but yeah, exactly. you know, the echo chamber is wonderful and supportive, but sometimes I feel like it lends us this false sense of support. I think that's why yeah. Trump's presidency was mm -hmm. so, it was just crushing to a lot of people because we thought we'd made so much progress. Right. 
not just as Democrats or whatever, but as, as women and as humans, I thought we'd gotten a lot further. And then to realize that there is this volatile nature to still to like half of America yeah. is really terrifying. I'm just trying to imagine you going into like a, a theater in Mississippi or something. Yeah. And I have no idea what would happen. Yeah, exactly. And there's really no way to know until we try, um, you know, and, and then on that note, it's really a matter of, you know, what, what organize if we were to apply for these, you know, for other festivals, like, and they don't, they don't take us, you know, that's clearly, you know, there's not, not a, um, you know, if there were just hypothetically a more conservative festival and we wanted to get in there, you know, we probably wouldn't be accepted just on the forefront of just because of what the piece is. So it's, yeah, it's how do you infiltrate these new communities and just let your voice be heard? I mean, I would love, I'm from Alabama. I would love to take this piece to Alabama and have it be seen. And, you know, it's knowing my former community, I know that you know, a lot of the people who would enjoy the piece would, you know, would enjoy the piece. But then there's a lot of other people from my past and from my world who would be extremely offended. And in the end, it would just end up causing a lot of, you know, disconnect, which, again, is the point. We want to talk about that disconnect. But I think every community is so different. And there's really no way to analyze how it would go until we just show up and have these conversations. I think in, in the end, it's all about just how can we make a space for these conversations um, and use dance as sort of that in-between space? Um, but I don't know. That's that's the the question of the of the hour of the year. <laughs> I when I spoke to Christopher Roman, he uh, kind of said the same thing. Like, how do we make this space? And you know, his his takeaway, like the nut, was just make the damn work. Find exactly. a place to show it. And just make it. If you make it, you'll find a place to show it. Even if five people come, that's still five more people than saw your work before. Are you thinking of putting this piece in particular on video, like on the internet, or showcasing it that way? Or do you like to keep it live? I mean, in live, there's no way to compare the live experience of being in the room with you and your company during this piece. It is so charged. It's so powerful. I just, I love it. I feel like the weirdest fangirl because it's such a cool piece. I mean, are there other mediums you're playing with to sort of reach a broader audience that can't see you live? Yeah, we're we're looking into starting a um a called Smashing News, like a, a video series that oh. uh, hopefully we're going to start playing with it a little bit this month and kind of see if we can do like one a month. Um, we're hoping to do like a the initial idea was like a live feed, like just dialogue, um, and then going into sort of a movement research. Um, situation where we can just have, you know, dancers invite outside community members into a room and talk about, you know, one specific topic. And then how can that manifest in sort of an improvisational um, space, you know, just to, to get the words into the body? How can we sort of use that as a, um, as a tool? And then the end product would be, or I don't want to say product, but the end, you know, sort of culminating event would be, you know, we would film, film the process and then edit it into like a minute and a half or a two minute little video that we can share and just, just to sort of share the process, share the dialogue, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so this idea, it's very much in, it's in flux toying with is live, a live feed, you know, that puts such an exorbitant amount of pressure on, you know, on the group, on the process, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so anyways, we're trying to create some kind of a, a shareable 
um, little summary of the work that we're doing that's outside of, you know, like, for example, the, my thesis piece or for which it stands. I think with those works, as much as I would love to, you know, have a, a compact little version of it that we can share with the world and people can get out and see it, you know, for free. And it's, you know, we're not, um, not chained to the, the financial burden of taking the show on tour. Um, but at the same time, I really think that I'm, I'm with you. I think that the, it's just such a different experience live and to have the audience feed us as performers and for us to feed the audience um, in that in that kind of aggressive way, I think that on film it's lost. And so, especially, you know, for the thesis work, um, I think that needs to live in a real time space. Um, and I think that's what's so special about it. And what's so special about, you know, live dance as an art form in general is just that it's, you know, it's it's in that fleeting moment and it's with the people who happen to be sitting there that day and that second and that minute and um, you can't recreate it. And so I think that's that's the special thing that I want to try to, you know, keep intact, I guess. <laughs> no, it is very special. And as the creator, it's yours. I know once you perform it, it's the audience's as well, but it's it's yours. I mean, did you intend to end up as, as an activist this way through your dance? Or was it kind of an accidental mere intersection? Um, I mean, I've always, I've always been a, a pretty passionate person, um, you know, growing up in, in Alabama, my parents are not from there. Um, their dad's from Illinois, mom's from Memphis. And, um, you know, we moved there, my dad got a job at the Southern Poverty Law Center. And, you know, and he, he told me, he's like, you know, I want, I want to move to Alabama. And I want you, you know, we were living in a small town in Wisconsin at the time. And, you know, he's like, I want you all to meet I want to take you to a community that's not just white people. We were living, you know, again, a really small town. And, you know, he's like, I want you to experience life. I want you to have these kind of conversations. And this is, you know, this is how I want you to grow up. And so, I mean, I was really grateful that we moved and that we, you know, I had these friendships with people of color and people of different backgrounds. And um, so it was, you know, growing up in that way. And they were very, uh, we'd talk about abortion. We would talk about, you know, gay rights. All this was very much on the ballot politically. And I remember having fights at the lunch table about, <laughs> um, about, you know, gay people should be allowed to go to church. And, you know, I was like, but why not? You know, I mean, I remember being in fourth grade and having these fights with <laughs> random kids in class. And, um, you know, I always just felt very passionately, like, why, why is it not equal? You know, and I, I just didn't understand. And, um, and my parents and I would have conversations about this all the time. And so I think, it just took me a long time to get out again, to get out of the structure of what dance was and to really see that, you know, dance in the real world, dance and activism, it's all so linked. And when we, you know, take ourselves out of these little boxes of technique and not that technique is bad, but to take it out of this little box of what a dance should be and what a tondu should look like, um, you know, how can we fuse? Because in the end, the people doing this, like we're people. The dancers doing this dance, we're all humans with experiences and with backgrounds and with relationships. And, you know, it's just so important that we try to find that, that link, you know, and to acknowledge that link between reality and performance. And um, so I think in the end, I've, I've always been a very politically active performer. I just didn't realize it until honestly, a few years ago, um, when Holland's uh, master's program really gave me the tools and the the open mind to see it in a new way. 
And then looking back on work I've done before, it's like, oh, you know, I see these little, these little things that peep out and, you know, what I was going through at the time are these little political little bites of, of stuff that's just infused within the choreography. And let's like, I see it. I just didn't know that it was happening at the time. I was just expressing myself, you know, making a dance or, you know, um, so it's just, yeah. So long story short, I think it's, I think they're very much linked. Inextricably linked. And your, your dad was an artist too. I didn't know that he worked for Southern Poverty Law Center. That's, that makes so much more sense as to why you would follow this path also. What an awesome guy. Yeah. He raised an awesome daughter. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, may he rest in peace, Bob. Um, you know, he was a lot of the reason why, I mean, obviously 50% of who I am and, um, but why I have the balls, I think. He was, he was always just like, just do it. You know, and he was a, a writer and a blacksmith and a, you know, craftsman and um, photographer. Uh, he taught me iMovie, he taught me GarageBand, you know, I mean, he was just a really cool dude. Um, <laughs> so I'm really, I'm grateful for him um, in that way. I had a question come up. Oh, talk to me about um, Smashworks Advocacy. I know you just launched that after this past summer. And how is that going? And how was that just kind of, again, like the Holland's effect of realizing how much we can actually do with our time? Or was it that you wanted to make more of a material difference as well as an artistic and, and, and uh, expressive difference in your community? Um, you know, honestly, it was a combo of both and just luck. Um, you know, I met this this woman, Anna Lajava. She and I went to Birmingham Southern together, uh, God, about seven or eight years ago. Um, so we met in Alabama. She's originally from Georgia, um, the country, and came for school um, at Birmingham Southern and then stayed and worked in the UN for a while in New York. And so we reconnected, you know, seven years later. Um, and here we are, and she saw for which it stands when we premiered in Brooklyn last spring, and um, and we've been trying to connect. And then you know I, I'm away for two months for school, and so we finally got a meeting when I came back, and she was like, you know, I've been dying to start some kind of an advocacy branch linked to dance. She's like, I just haven't had, I haven't found the right company, or you know, I just I don't want to start a dance company just to do this kind of work. She's like, I'm really interested in the political activism and. Um, she's like, you know, I saw your company perform and it just seems like the perfect fit. And so, you know, we've been, we met a lot and we're like, this sounds, and I was like, this is great. You know, I came home from school and was like, I don't have any of the tools, you know, it's like, I know how to make dance and I know how to make political work, but you know, I don't have, um, a strictly political background. Um, and so it was, it was just this sort of weird serendipitous meeting. Um, and so we're like, let's do it. Um, so we've been, yeah, we've been launching Smashworks Advocacy and it's, again, it's still, we have all these plans and Anna and I are both very similar in that we have all these ideas and it's like, oh, we got to hone it in and, you know, <laughs> um, start small. But so we're, we're launching, um, Smashing News is kind of just one little snippet of, um, of our goals for the year, but starting an education outreach program. Um, as well as trying to link up with different community organizations in New York and how can we, you know, start, you know, these open dialogues, how can we volunteer our time, how can we teach workshops and empower young girls, um, how can we, you know, come out and do a pop-up site-specific performance, and um, so it's, again, we have a lot of, a lot of goals, um, and we're just slowly but surely, you know, applying for grants, hopefully moving our goal is to move towards um, full nonprofit status within the next year and a half. Um, just with a lot of the grants that's, you know, um, 
number one priority is to have that full status. So um, Anna's been a huge asset in that way. Um, we've also brought on Kiva. Carmen Frank is an intern. She's someone I met in Milwaukee. She's so just the youth. Oh my gosh. She's the next generation. You know, she's a freshman. At- <laughs> She's I just love it. in the room and we're both like, oh my God, the children. Um, it's so, it's so liberal. It's so exciting. Um, and the energy they have, they have so much more energy. <laughs> it's like a, a different, um, you know, a different March or something every day. I mean, she's so, I love that. Um, but so we're, we have this little team and, you know, our, we're slowly just building um, all these ideas and just trying to link again, you know, from how do we take the performance site And, you know, this community action and like, how do we build that bridge? And so that's sort of where we are right now is building that bridge, um, hopefully, (laughs) and trying to make it make it happen and actually see real change or, you know, have real interaction with the community outside of just like, wow, great show. You know, that's kind of our goal. So (laughs) it's a a good one. I'm excited to see where that goes. And I think it's we need more of that. And that's exactly what I think the next wave of dancers are going to be doing before I got to Holland I didn't know what to expect first of all and I just one day my master's so I could get back into the dance world but then realizing how much work there is to do and how much wrong there is to write and I keep on thinking about what you said earlier it, it all comes back to fear and I don't the reason I started this podcast was one I've always wanted to, but I was too afraid to because I hate the way my voice sounds or I don't think I have anything to say. But also there's so many things that I care about and that I want to change and that piss me off. That I have no idea where to start. So I thought this was one place to start, at least by talking to people who are who've tried and who just stopped giving a shit and started putting their work out there because it has to be said or it has to be done. And we all have to make the change together as a community. So one by one, and you're making a huge contribution in dance meets advocacy meets political activism. So I hope you recognize that. I know you're just in your day-to-day doing your work, but what you're doing is really, really important work and really important art. And I hope you know that. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Of course. And so my last question on like my predetermined bullet point list was words of wisdom for the fledgling or accidental activists like me who really want to do something to make a difference. Anybody who might be listening, like how would you advise them on building a coalition or a small team or creating that safe space or just creating the safe space to perform the work that they know needs to be performed? How do you, how, what's your how? Is there how? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I'd, the, the, I mean, there's so many things, but to, in a nutshell, just educate yourself, you know, read, stay open, get feedback from opposite viewpoints, show your work. Like we showed a little excerpt to, you know, a dancer who shall not be named's husband, who is a Trump supporter, um, you know, and, and like getting, getting his point of view of like, what are you seeing, you know, outside of just our little rose colored dance colored glasses, you know, how, how can we get, you know, get feedback? What, what are other people seeing? Um, So just being educated and trying to see your work and see what you're doing from all viewpoints. Don't be afraid to take risk. In the end, it's just go, you know, if you feel educated, that's, is what I would say, or at least like you, you feel that you've done the research, you've done the work, then 
give yourself the permission to take the risk and just know that it takes a village. Also, we can't do everything by ourselves. Uh, so find that team that you feel comfortable with, that you feel supported by. Um, if you're inspired by someone, you know, reach out to them, get their feedback, get their advice, have a collaboration, have a coffee. Um, you know, it's it's so important to not feel alone in this kind of work because um, it can drive you crazy. I think if if you feel alone in it, um, and and just stay passionate. I think too. You know, if if you lose the passion, just question why. You know, it's we all want to do this work because we feel passionate, and just try to try to harness it. It can it can beat you down, and this you know this kind of activist work. It's can feel like you're sinking in a sand, you know, sinking sand. Um, but just be, just stay passionate. I'm keep trying to reinvent and reignite the fire. Right. Cause we could do the same piece over and over, but it's always different depending on the day, depending on the mood, depending on any number of things. It's always a reinvention, every single performance. That's a good nugget. I'm going to steal that one. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. You're, again, you're freaking awesome. I love the work you're doing. I can't wait to see what you do in addition to like the amazing stuff you've already done. It's just, you're a very exciting artist to watch. Thank you for listening to Body Politic, the podcast at the intersection of performing arts and political activism. I'm your host, Courtney Coliato, and please join us next time for episode four with Raymond Rodriguez, who is the head of the studio company and trainee program at the Joffrey Ballet. He has a lot to say about ageism in dance, and he's working his butt off to train the next generation of dancers to have and exercise their agency as individuals. To let them know that they do have a voice, and we are all in this together. I tell them all the time, I'm learning from you as well. You're learning from me and I'm learning from you. Thank you again to you, the listeners, to Ashley McQueen, to Holland's University, and to our sponsor, Byron Green. Music credits go to incompetech.com and composer Kevin McLeod.